Disclaimer, I do not own the Battle Arena Toshinden series, nor do I own its characters. These are owned by Tamsoft and Takari. Please support their official releases, and please enjoy your listen. Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to Fighting Game Evolution. I'm your host, Raiden Perez, and today we're going to be talking about Battle Arena Toshinden 3. Now, this episode is going to be a bit on the long side, and... Oh boy, there was a lot to look forward to in this game, being the third one in the entry, and usually being fighting games how all the third ones are usually the best ones, or at least the final one, which we still have one more game to go after this, but three it looks like a lot of people had a lot of nostalgia for, and it just has a whole bunch of stuff that I had no idea going into this, so I'm excited to look into three and just to see how everything got changed up, because... Yikes, a lot of things did get changed up, so let's not delay this any further and go right on into the development history. And moving into the development history, the developers of this game were Tamsoft, published by Takari in Japan, Playmates in North America, and SEE in Europe, and later coming to the PlayStation in Japan in December 1996, North America in January 1997, and Europe in March 1997. Um, later coming to the PSP, PS Vita, and PlayStation 3, all due to the uh, PSN, and to where you could just buy old games and then you'd be able to play them on the go or just right then and there. Uh, basically, the PSN put a lot of their old games out. You can buy them and play them that way. Um, a way of the newer generation to play some of the older generation games. Good idea on their part. Uh, the director for this game was Shintaro um, Nakoyaka. Uh, the assistant directors were Hideki Kobayashi and Norohiro um, Sujimura. And then we have the executive producer as Toshika Ota. And I really couldn't find much on the development history of this game, unfortunately. It was just, again... Uh, the year after the second one came out, they decided to do another one and have the series keep going strong. So aside from that, uh, let's just move right on into the gameplay. And moving right on into the gameplay, the core gameplay is still here, having weak and heavy slashes for both slashes and kicks. Dodge rolling is still here, grabs are still a thing, blocks, dashing, desperation attacks, and overdrives are all still here. And with our all entirely new options, recovery options, basically rolling in, out basically rolling in or out or basically going into the sides or just standing right up or staying on the ground um, depending on what buttons and which directions you press so basically you can do all of this in no matter how many ways you want um, it does feel a lot more fluent here than it was in the second game I feel like the second game you really had to like like really press it and just like go for it and just like keep doing it until the character actually did it. But here I just feel like I only have to do it like maybe like once or twice and then it'll finally like um, come out instead of like having to mash it. Um, and then we also have air recovery, which is also very, very nice. Basically um, when you get hit in the air and you're flying through the air, you press the uh, circle button and you'll basically do a full recovery from that. Um, then there's also, also a new thing. Basically, uh, there are no longer ring outs in this game. There are basically walls now. And the cool thing about these walls is you can bounce off of these walls or basically attack on the walls. Um, so basically if you get pinball into a wall, you can either bounce off of it, uh, basically just doing a jump and then just kind of safely landing, um, keeping you in the air, or you can just straight up just do a, attack through the air, which is basically them going on the wall and just lunging through it. Um, 
basically, if you want to bounce off the walls, um, press the uh, T button to attack, and then all the others do bounce off the wall for a very safe recovery. A very nice idea, and especially with the new inclusion of the walls, I think this is a perfect addition. Um, and there's also a slight note, but we have guns in this game now. Um, instead of just like any ranged weapon, uh, they all have their ammo and a lot of them can't be replenished aside from one or two characters there's also counters in this game which are basically interruptible attacks by pressing back uh, triangle or circle button there's also taunts in this game that give a variety of effects but a lot of them really just kind of boost the opponent's overdrive and from all the characters i played they all boost the opponent's overdrive so again it's kind of like Oh, you don't want to taunt or you don't want to get cocky because if you do, you're giving your opponent free stuff. So it's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. And then there's also life bombs in this game. And basically, uh, life bombs, uh, to put it simply, are basically just something that surrounds you and just deals damage to the opponent if they are close enough. Now, depending on what character you play, they either throw it in front of them or it basically just surrounds it. Um, if you have a character that can just throw the life bombs uh, that have a distance, those are definitely the better ones. But you can set up with some really, really stupid stuff with these life bombs, especially if your opponent is in the corner. It is super fun seeing it. Um... And you use this by pressing um, the square button and X button. And then there's also strings in this game, which basically just relates to combos. That's basically it. They call it strings in the game, but it's basically combos. Uh, I don't know. Every single character has their own string slash combos, and it feels... I don't know. The combos feel very overpowered. Maybe that's just me, or maybe the AI is just not blocking everything. But again... Um, this just very much feels um, like, huh, this feels just like the combos just break the entire game in half and I'm just doing it. Like, granted, yeah, you can still block it and whatnot, and granted, the opponent will just kind of keep doing it, but like, depending on what strings you know, it's like, <sighs> yikes. Also, there's uh, certified launchers in this game now. I mean, granted, I didn't know the full optimal things or the full optimal punishes for um, what launches I wanted to do, but you definitely can't do it twice in a row. And even if you launch them in the air, you really have to be really on it in order to actually um, just finish it. It's a weird type of jankness, not fluent as Tekken. Because Tekken, I feel like I could launch it up in the air and I could still get the combo off. While Ballerina Toshinden is, I feel, is like flipping a coin. It's like, sure, I can possibly get it. But it's also the other hand of like, oh, I probably won't get it, so I'll just do something else. Not only that, but there's also shortcut buttons in this game, which is basically instead of just doing the input, um, you can just press the buttons and then one of your moves will come out. Now, I relied on this uh, crap ton because there is nothing in the game that punishes you for doing this. There's just nothing that like hurts you for doing it. Like, There's two things that are set to it, a fireball and or DP. Um... That is something that almost breaks the game entirely in half, especially if you're playing against CPU players, because the fact that you don't even have to put in those motions and just you just press one button for it is absolutely ridiculous, and it's just, yeah. Borderline, it's just kind of like, oh, I could just skip the motion, I could just, you know, press this and just, like, go for it. Um, yeah, this game in particular 
definitely feels like it was trying to copy Tekken because in this game there is rivals at the end of every single uh, character's fight and you will fight that rival and you will unlock that rival as soon as um, that character's story is done. Um, This definitely feels like the most Tekken out of it where it's just like, okay. And yeah, a lot of these rivals are kind of like copy and pasted from what their uh, true counterpart is. I mean, granted, even Tekken had their own differences between all these characters. Sure, some of them felt the same, but, like, through each game being two and three, uh, mainly two, they gave them their own, like, moveset and enough um, differences to be like, oh, yes, this is a completely new character, even though it is still, like, some uh, moves are still being used from some other and uh, characters and whatnot. Uh, but overall, uh, this definitely feels like the most Tekken-like. Uh, not as balanced, let me be assured, right now, right here and now. Um, it is definitely not the most balanced out of all the games, that is for sure. And it does not have that Tekken balance feeling because this game is still almost very, very, very jank. Um, I felt uh, no brain cells moving when I was playing this game because I relied on both of the shortcuts um, for this game with their special moves. And I didn't feel like the AI was at, well, no, the AI was hard, but another thing that this game does, um, is that there's only one match and yes, I'm not, I'm not being serious or anything. Like there's only one match in this entire game. So you only play one game. Granted damage doesn't do a, like, not the damage itself does a lot, but just like, there's a good chunk of stuff that just, like, won't do a lot of damage, and then there's a stuff that will do a lot of damage. Like, if you just go, like, if you continue it, you're not going to get anything off of it. But if you just, um, you know, like, let one of your supers rip or just, like, do special moves, like, that'll consistently do more damage. But the health bars, I feel like, are a bit more meatier for this um, interesting concept that they're doing. But again, it's very much just like, uh, okay, none of that, but it's at the bottom of the screen, which is a very very awkward place to put a health bar uh granted like nowadays it's like they're always on the top but but having it on the bottom for some reason i mean granted it is definitely new but i feel like when i need to look at the bottom of the screen to see where i'm at along with the opponents and whatnot it is very much just like okay this is a bit odd i don't know this game there's nothing inherently wrong with this game and how it plays it just feels very jank and very off it definitely remembers and takes me back to the 90s fighting games especially with games that didn't really have a lot of polish i guess and that's just how i kind of see this game it doesn't have a lot of polish with it and not only that but it even got changed from the japanese copy from america to europe because the japanese copy had a few differences there uh, being that blocking was changed, so you can no longer block lows or highs. The game would just automatically block for you. Um, reversals, depending on how much the character weigh, would basically send them flying in a different way, but got changed here. Um, and then practice and survival mode was also added here. And plus, flying away from an opponent after you got launched was also changed. So depending on how they were launched, they would either face backwards or they would just... Um, you know, fly in the air or just turn away from the opponent in general. So granted, I'm glad all these got changed because it sounds like they very much wanted to dumb this down. And maybe that's why they had the shortcut buttons to basically just fireball and whatnot. But um, 
Yeah, overall, um, yeah, I'm glad this game did get changed for America and Europe because I feel like if you got the Japanese copy, sure, like, the weight thing sounds cool, and granted, uh, later games, or at least um, later 3D games, did implement this. The newest example I could think of is um, Virtua Fighter Five, but um, yikes, yeah, there was a lot of different stuff in this game that was uh, definitely interesting, to say the least. Um, but overall, all I can really say about the gameplay is that it's jank, but it's a fun type of jank if you catch my drift. And yes, maybe that's just because it's like, oh, hey, this is jank. This is fun. But it's also just like that also same stuff where I can just, you know, just like send a couple things and just like hang out with a couple of friends and do this and just look at all the dumb stuff that you can do in this game. And that's what I see a lot of fighting games back in the day do. Just like, hey, look at this dumb stuff I can do. And it's just like, oh, that's super dumb. And that is also super fun. Um, but I've talked about way too much about the gameplay. So let's go ahead and talk about the looks of this game. And moving right along to the looks of this game, uh, the character designs were done by Ko Ogura, Mizuki uh, Miramatsu. Uh, the graphic design was done by um, Kan... Kanako Asato, uh, Masura Nagigawa. The official illustrators were um, Tsukasa Otobuki. The background design was done by Shizaku um, Yoshikawa. And the motion design was done by Toshihiro Ichino, Nakata um, Suzuki, and Hisashi Sato. Um, now, I definitely say out of everything that improved from the second game, like everything from second and three... Like, again, it just looks a little better, models look a little clearer, and depending on where they are, they look a bit blurrier, but again, overall, um, the game does look better in general, especially with the new art and whatnot, especially with how all the new characters look, like, in-game doesn't really, like show how good these characters look i'd say um for most of them definitely uh like if you just look at like the official art and whatnot and just like <laughs> scour it online oh boy these character designs look really really clean um just for instance uh david and abel i'd say both of these both of these designs are also really really good um for the new characters that's for that's for damn sure um, some characters I feel like are definitely some lazy designs, uh, 10 counts and, uh, what is it? Uh, I think his name is judgment. Um, those two characters in particular are based off of a, based off of, um, two other characters <laughs> in a uh, real life and just based off of real life people. Well, one of them is based off real life. One of them is based off a of movie, um, 10 cow based uh, off of Michael Jackson and judgment based off of, uh, Jason Voorhees. But that's from aside the point. Um, overall, those two characters kind of just, um, take away from that or just kind of based on it. And like, there you go. That's it. Um, and then there are some other characters in here that are also pretty nice. But overall, like, if you just look at it, like, the anime art style for this game, oh, boy, it looks really, really good. And it's a shame. I'd really like to see this in, like, modern day and whatnot. But knowing that you're kind of stuck just looking at that and just, like, thinking of, like, oh, look at how cool it would have been. Ah, uh, just, you know, what it could have been, more or less. And I'd say the best part about this game is probably the opening. The opening, I'd say, definitely has... Um, the most effort put into it, which is very sad about saying it, but I say that's really the most effort, and it, it, it does get you hype for everything. Like it gets you hype and just like, 
oh, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And then just kind of like, you know, same old, same old fighting game stuff. Just, um, you know, nothing much really catching the eye of stuff. Um, there's a lot of stages in here that I think are some really cool ideas, but then some of them are just kind of muffled by the, um, walls from the stages. Cause every single stage in this game does have a wall, but I think that kind of cripples the effect of it sometimes. And also you can definitely tell just like, I don't know. This is, <laughs> sometimes it's just like an image of a city that like kind of busts through the wall. And sometimes the camera, depending on where the characters are, will zoom out and you can just kind of see the box you're kind of confined in. So it's more or less, you're kind of like playing in a box with like a slight window. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's not the greatest thing either. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, going back to that jankness I was talking about, but overall, I definitely say, um, they're just, um, it just kind of looks better depending on how you look at it. Some of the models look clearer, but, uh, generally they, I'd say they stay about the same, same with the old characters. They stay about the same with character designs and whatnot. Um, but overall, I'd say the looks on this game are just the same as the second one, but just a bit better. Um, so let's just go ahead and move right along to the music. So moving right along to music, the composers were uh, Yashihiro um, Nakano, uh, Fumio uh, Tanabe, Luna Umigaki, and, Aki, and Akihi um, Motoyama. And I gotta say, the music in this is... Well, a majority of the music is pretty good. Um, a good chunk of it, I feel, kind of just sounds the same, along with just some different tempos and whatnot. Um, the music sounds similar to the first two games, especially Edgy's, Edgy's theme. I, I feel like it is definitely the same thing, just at a different tempo. But hey, it still sounds really but it still sounds pretty good. But overall, um I'd say the tracks are a bit lackluster in this game. Now granted, it's not to say this like all of them are bad or good, but hard to find any memorable ones to say the least. And even with the um second and even with all the uh, uh counter characters and whatnot or rival characters, they all share the same theme with the other characters. So I'd say it's kind of on the lacking side. Now, granted, yeah, making every single theme for every single character would um, would definitely cut into the development time on this. But yikes, the music in this game is kind of okay. Yeah, there are some tracks that sound a bit similar and are basically using the same tempo, but... Yeah, man, the music in this um, from the other two, I'd say, is my least favorite, although it could be repetition at this point. Um, granted, they do have good guitar. I will say that there are like there are good there are good songs here. It's just really hard just trying to get those good songs and just listen to it fully. Um, I'd say my favorites are probably Cayenne's and Ten Cows and AG's theme. I'd say those are probably my top two. Um, at least those themes, yeah. Um, because they just remind me of the older ones, and those ones sound unique enough and different enough to like stand out from all the other songs. Um, and I guess an honorable mention would probably be um, Bios and um, Chuling's theme. Um, but aside from that, uh, that's mainly about all I can really say about the music. 
But the next one will probably take the longest thing to talk about, being the characters. And moving right along to the characters, our our world warriors are all still here, being Edgy, Kyan, Sophia, Mundo, Duke, Ellis, uh, Rungo, Gaia, Sho, Tracy, Chaos, and Vermillion. All of them are all still here, and all of the characters, or sorry, all of the voice actors that are playing them all still make their comeback and reprising their role. Um... And Alice, for all the new characters in this game, we have four characters that are unlocked from the start, all being new. Up first, we have David, played by Hikaru Midorikawa, a boy who wants to bring down the organization due to his bad history with them. Um, Shizuki Fuji, uh, played by um, Nanaya uh, Sumitomo, David's guardian, who protects him from the organization, who's also a Japanese gambler um, and geisha-esque type character design uh we also have nagisa ishihiro played by koji yada a japanese detective who helps tracy look into the organization um baoho a ape trained by fo fai carrying his iconic um blade hands and as uh, for the unlockable uh, sub bosses and bosses like in tekken um, we have Leon, played by Takashi Endo, an American pirate-esque swordsman who wants to take over the organization for himself. Tank Count, um, who has the same voice actor as Leon. A cruel assassin from England, who's based off of Michael Jackson. Zolo, um, played by Yuki Nagashima, um, an Australian opera singer who um, is an assassin for the organization. Adam, played by uh, Mahito Oba, who is a robot and just wants to become a real person. Uh, Chuling, played by Natsumi Amyanese, a Chinese girl who was also trained by Fofai and became an assassin and um, worked for the organization. Um, Tao Jin, uh, played by... Um, Takashi Ano, a retired Japanese assassin who's worked back into um, an assassin because the organization is blackmailing him to work for them because they have the cure for his uh, dead wife, or not dead wife, but um, a cure for his wife's disease. Um, Baoga, who is played by Hisao Egawa, a ruthless Norwegian knight who seeks to destroy the Duke's bloodline. Um, Athuna, played by... uh, Keiko Yamamoto, a boy who seeks um, his imperial inheritance of his ancient empire. And then there's Tao, played by Masahiro, uh, or sorry, Masaharu Sato, a Brazilian tribesman who looks after Athuna. And then we have Rachel, played by um, Wakana Yamazaki, um, Tracy's older sister who has a resentment towards her because her family had abandoned her for Tracy. And up next, we have, um, uh, sorry if I mispronounced this, Skultz, played by Hiroshi Isobe, a German assassin who helps the leader organization with the rituals that he, that they are trying to um, resurrect. Um, Judgment, who is a killer and once David's best friend, but sold his soul to the powers of darkness and is basically based off of Jason Voorhees. And then we have Miss Hill, played by um, Yuko Mita, um, a fortune teller who works for the organization and who is also, I believe, the third in command. And then we have Abel, the boss of this game, the leader of the organization, who is cruel, ruthless, and a megalomaniac who wants to bring a fighting god back into the world, who is played by Yuko Mita. And then we have Vale, who was who is the um, 
same character, or not the same character, but played by the same person, Yuko Mita, a man imprisoned by Abel who wants nothing more but destruction and chaos and nothing but revenge towards Abel for stealing everything away from him. And then we have the secret final character of this game, Naruoma, uh, played by um, Yuko uh, Sumitomo, um, uh, Kayan's foster daughter who wants to help him fight the organization. Oh, boy. That was a lot of stuff to go over and just talk about with all those characters and whatnot. Um, but overall, I'd say for all these characters, I do like some of these characters. I'd say my favorite out of all of them is probably David. And a lot of these other characters are a decent way of just kind of like showing like, oh yeah, they're kind of the opposite of the other characters. Well, not very much an opposite, but a good... Um, at least a good opposite for them. And each one of them were specifically hired to like take on like this specific person and whatnot. Uh, but aside from that, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. So why don't we talk about the story of this game? And here we are, the story of Battle Arena Toshinden 3. Uh, so this one is definitely a lot darker and just a whole lot of like, wow, okay, this is, this is hitting, this, like, crap is hitting the fan right now, and yeah, a lot of stuff does happen in this. So, since the fall of the Secret Society, the sponsors of the previous two tournaments, the organization now takes full control of um, the scenes now, and are trying to find a vessel for Agantios, and trying to bring him into the world. Uh, luckily, they found their suitable candidate, but unfortunately, he got away, being David, and David found refuge with with, um, Shizuki. Um, but it turns out um, they were also looking into the Toshinin fighters as sacrifices and or vessels to um, host the Agentios. So they decided to host a third tournament uh, thanks to um, Vermilion being, hey, these guys are pretty strong, so I think they'll work and they'll work sacrifices as whatnot. Um, and then Abel is basically like, oh, okay, bet. And then he hosts a tournament to lure them out and basically just like, okay, hire everyone you can to kill them and just basically make sure they learn how to fight against them. Um, and immediately after that, everything um, basically kind of goes to a full-on war where the Toshinin fighters are versus the organization and their assassins. Um, all the ass assassins basically just die, either that or forfeit. Um, and then Eiji comes face-to-face uh, -face with Abel and uh, Vile, who broke out of his um, um, imprisonment, um, with both Eiji coming out on top of those and both uh, killing them. He also had an encounter with Vermilion, but unfortunately Vermilion got away due to all the chaos that was ensuing. And so, after everything is said and done, the organization has now fallen. Well, two organizations are now dead now. All the fighters go their own separate ways, either retiring or just never to be seen again. Um, except for um, Eiji, who basically wants to put everything to rest, especially Vermilion, and so he plans to set another tournament and just so that he can finally uh put an end to this whole um organization in general and so he sets a trap for vermilion in the next game but we'll get to that when we get to that um but yeah that's basically the whole story of this game uh there's a lot of character stories in this game too like Yikes. I, I put these down as arcade endings, but I'm going to put this down as his own segment because 
There is a lot of stuff to talk about with all these characters. That is for damn sure. So why don't we go ahead and move on with it to the um, arcade endings. Alright, so a lot of these arcade endings kind of play out the same and whatnot. It basically um, goes out to either the characters either retiring from fighting and then just continuing with their lives, or them just kind of like leaving off the face of the planet and never to be seen again, which is the case for Kayan and Naru. Um, basically, Kayan sees that he's putting Naru in too much danger because Naru kind of rushed in, but unfortunately um, kind of got hurt because of him, and now he's seeing this as like, she can never have a peaceful life if I keep um, uh, looking after her. Like I can't give her the life that she wants. So instead, he drops her off at an orphanage, um, giving her his Excalibur sword and kind of leaving and saying, this will be my last mission. This will be my last mission, and I'll probably never come back. Um, so after that, Kain kind of leaves. But uh, Naru takes this in stride because she's like, I will train with your sword and I will see you again one day. And um, yeah, that's kind of that. It's something that gets continued in 4, which I am very excited to see in 4. But that's the end of Kain and Naru's story, um, both coinciding with each other, which is nice. And up first, and sorry, not up first, but the second one we have is Sophia. Uh, she enters the tournament, um, hoping to find her old memories come back, uh, but finds out that the rituals are basically sacrifices, so she can't really remember if she dies. Um, she kills Zola because Zola was sent to kill her in combat. And after returning from the tournament, uh, she uh, gives up on finding her old memories and just starts to make new ones and just looks forward from there on while also just retiring. Uh, Rungo also, after learning he was a blood sacrifice, joins the others. Um, he beats, well, he basically kills Adam. And after the organization falls, he basically retires from fighting and returns to his family and returns to his regular job. Uh, Mundo, the reason his village was burned because after the second tournament, because he was chosen for a blood sacrifice by Abel, and they just kind of sacrifice his whole village to get him enraged and come to the organization unprepared. But luckily for him, he joined all the other fires. He took out his assassin, Kojin, and... Um, yeah, he killed Tojin from the shadows. And then after that, Mondo just kind of left from fighting and just kind of retired from there. Um, Duke helped AG fight the organization. Duke was stopped by Bulga, uh, the night rival for him, but he slew him in combat. After that, he retired from, from fighting and trained in Apprentice. Um, Ellis, the organization, uh, kidnapped the kids of her theater troupe and entered the tournament with Gaia to basically get them back. And after the organization fell, both Ellis and Gaia both retired from fighting and just kind of became the family they always wanted to. Um, next we have Tracy, uh, who entered the tournament to figure out what the organization was doing and figuring out all the, uh, blood sacrifices with her boss, Iwashira. Uh, she later found her sister, Rachel, and fought, um, Tracy beating her sister, but gave her a second chance to, um, redeem herself and just say, why don't we start over like a family, just you and me, sister, uh, but Rachel basically just kind of declines her offer and says, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And then kind of walks off and everybody's seen again, uh, presumably uh, tr uh, not training, but like continuing her line of work. Um, but yeah, after that, she kind of returns to New York with her boss. Um, 
Up next, we have Chaos, uh, feeling the organization's presence after the fall of his organization. Uh, he helped the downfall and killed the Ritualist Master, um, Skultz, after that kind of just walking off into the face of the earth. Um, then we have Vermilion after the second tournament. He told Abel and, about the Toshinin fighters that would make great sacrifices. Um, but it turns out Eiji just destroyed their entire plans while Vermilion just kind of retreated to the shadows waiting for an opportunity to strike. Um, then we have David, the perfect vessel who basically escaped into, um, with Suzuki. Well, he escaped from the organization. Suzuki found him. Uh, Suzuki, um, watched over David after all this time, but, um, basically after the fall of the organization and after he had to slay his best friend, um, Suzuki and David both went on to live a separate life. Um, and then for Suzuki, it's again, same thing. Uh, she fought her assassin she went with David and again, him and da her and David are starting a, um, whole new chapter on their lives. Um, then we have no, Nagisa, who basically uh, gets threats about the secret organization and gets his fellow officer Tracy to help him. Uh, both of them go to the tournament and both of them figure out what what happened. Uh, the organization fell uh, due to AG, but um, due to the credit, Nagasi, Nagasi took it and um, he got all the rewards for it, but he basically just goes back and continues his duty as a policeman. Um, Baoho, an ape that basically lived in the mountains, and basically uh, Fofai visited the ape and trained him uh, how to fight. However, uh, Bohai killed Fo and um, decapitated his head and took it as a trophy, which, yikes. I mean, granted, there's a lot of, like, stuff you have to look into for this game and whatnot, like, read the manual and whatnot. But even still, reading this from a manual is, like, yikes! Just, like, shows you kind of how dark the game is in general. And even then, this game got a lot darker, it would seem. Uh, but anyway, aside from that, um, he also stole his Iron Claws. Um, Boho uh, killed the lower ranks of the organization shoulders uh, with his Bloodlust, but however, um, later met Cooling and was killed by her Fury. Um, Leon fought AG a long time ago and lost. Uh, Abel found him and trained him specifically to fight against AG, uh, but his revenge was too strong and AG killed him. Uh, Ten Count was sent to uh, kill um, Kayan and found out that Zola and Kayan liked each other, but however, due to their conflicting um, backgrounds, they kind of just split apart. Um, uh, Ten Count... Um, ambushed him in a room, uh, both of them going after each other, blow for blow, but Cayenne getting the final hit and killing 10 count. Uh, Zola, again, she and Cayenne knew each other, had feelings for each other, but realized they couldn't do it. Um, and Sophia later just killed Zola and died. Adam, uh, being built by the organization for the ultimate weapon, uh, found a woman and instantly fell in love, but knew that he couldn't uh, be with her because... He's a robot. He needs to be a human body. Abel said, hey, I can make you a human body. And then Adam was like, okay, I'll help you. But later, Rungo just reduced him to a pile of scrap. Um, and then we have Chu Ling, uh, raised, by, raised by triads to be an assassin. Uh, but her emotions were um, the thing that keeping her away from it. But later meeting with Fo Fai and Fo Fai training her. Um she kind of grew to like him and enjoy his company as a uh, grandfather figure. Uh, later, he returned her to the triads and um, 
basically sends her to work for Abel's organization, but realizing that uh, Boho had decapitated her um, grandfather-like figure, uh, Kuling had a very much um, rage out and just basically killed the ape in dead daylight. Um, after that, uh, joining with AG and just becoming a uh, part of the good guys last second and just turning the tides of battle. And then after the organization fell, she basically retired from the life of an assassin and, uh, became a normal girl. And then we have Tojin, his wife caught a disease. April told him that, uh, in order to save his wife, he'd have to work for him and kill this one dude. And unfortunately that didn't work out because Mundo, uh, killed him and Tojin, even though he was killed, would soon later be be thankful because he'd be reunited with his uh wife in the next life uh then we have bulga who was approached by abel and asked to join the tournament to fight duke and rid him of it and was very much like i'll accept this but later again was just kind of slayed by duke um athu and tau uh both wanted to preserve their tribe and join with abel as an assassin as a way of saying that Abel just like, I can revive your tribe if you do this thing for me. Um, but Tao realizes that this wasn't worth it and that they can just start over and do it a different way. And Athuna basically agreeing, they both forfeited their match and trying to rebuild their tribe through the right methods. Uh, Rachel, again, after her parents gave her up, um, for her sister Tracy, she was filled with rage, taken in an orphanage by orphanage, and then just kind of growing up as a street thug, April found her, trained her as um, Tracy's counterpart, and then, again, same thing with Tracy's story. Um, she loses to Tracy, Tracy's, Tracy tries to convince her to join her, she says no, but then just kind of declines and leaves and presumes her life um, as a hitman. And then we have Skoltz, the... Um, fourth in command in the organization he was uh the um ritual he was the ritual ritual summoner to uh be uh, the full ritual summoner, basically the one who oversaw the sacrifices and whatnot and making sure the rituals went off without a complete hitch but he did not but he was not anticipating chaos to be um, at him and basically chaos, um, just later killed him. Um, judgment who was once David's friend, but was given in by the dark powers by Abel and had to fight David. But unfortunately David was too strong and, uh, David had to shed some tears, killing his old friend judgment. And then we have Miss Till, the third in command in the organization. Uh, Miss Till was given the assignment to find the weaknesses of the Toshin fighters, though she knew that she would die by Shizuki's hands. Uh, she was still determined to, um, um, hope that they would still succeed and just go forth and finally uh, do it. Um, up next, we have the leader of the organization himself, Abel, uh, leader, leader of the organization who wanted to uh, bring the uh, fighting god um, Agantios uh, back after his previous leader, Vile, basically just kind of failed at the ritual. He he turned the tides, um, imprisoned him because of his failure. Uh, he found that David was the perfect vessel, but got away. Um, but he also sent Vermillion to gather other information about other vessels that might be good. But after this time, Vermillion saying, yes, these fighters are the greatest, or they will be very good vessels at least sacrifices themselves. So he basically leads... Um, Edgy and the other fighters all to themselves. Basically, the whole story just recapped in Abel's image. Uh, he basically fights um, 
Well, not fights all of them. He fights A.G. to the death, but it turns out A.G. was way too strong and uh, put an end to the organization by slaying Abel. And again, it's the same thing with Vile. Uh, Vile broke out, was usurped by Abel. He broke out of all the chaos and then uh, saw that Abel was killed by A.G. And being uh, more or less kind of pissed off that he didn't get to kill the man himself, he kind of went after his killer, A.G. And after another tough battle... Uh, AG also killed Vile and, or sorry, Vale. But aside from that, that is every single character story. Like I said, everyone basically either retired, disappeared, or was killed. And that is no exception for the bosses. So, oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about aside from this. But yeah, um, a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what they do for four because the entire cast... For four got replaced by either the uh, newcomers or just new characters in general. So again, I am uh, super excited to uh, see how four is going to play out story wise with all the um, world warriors either retiring and whatnot. But it also goes into the fact of fighting games of being like, oh, if the character's dead, you can bring them back, or if they're retired, you can bring them back. It's whatever. But in this game, they didn't really want to do that in the fourth one. But I guess I'm getting ahead of myself for the fourth game. But overall, uh, let's go ahead and move right along to the end. So, here we are. The end of Ballerina and Toshinden 3. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting this one to be as long as it was, but... uh. Yeah, all those new characters was definitely a surprise for me. I didn't think they'd pull a Tekken out of them. But overall, uh, this game is okay. I mean, it's great that the actual story was a lot darker, a lot more deeper and whatnot. It's just the thing is, a lot of this you would have to see with um, flavor text or whatnot, or just like getting it from someone else. Um, nowadays, it's a lot easier to find with it having google or whatnot and searching this up for yourself um but again without that kind of like context with this game it's just kind of like oof but again a lot of fighting games back then were also just kind of like use your imagination and whatnot uh or just give you kind of like the baseline of what happened or whatnot um but yeah overall i'd say this game is okay it's a bit of jankness to where it's like oh this is fun jankness but once that starts working against you it becomes very much just unfun in a very uh, stale way. Granted, uh, with all the new additions, life bombs, recoveries, uh, bouncing off the walls and whatnot, it, it does show for some very, very crazy gameplay. Uh, and especially with all the new characters and all of them being nicely designed and kind of being put to waste, honestly, because these characters kind of never saw the light of day ever again, which is very sad because I would like to see this again. Uh, but overall, we still have one more game to cover in this marathon. We have four. And luckily, um, if I was just here looking at this, I would stop at three. But turns out there is one more game. And I'm excited to see where um, game number four takes it as the final confrontation to fight Vermillion with AG. Um, with a almost an entire new cast. So I'm very excited to see that. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening to this so much. I know this episode took a very, very very long time to come out but i hope that the other ones uh come out fairly soon uh i will work on the fourth episode as um not as fast as i can but i will do it in a very um timely manner um 
Not only that, but with October rolling around, I have two episodes, maybe three episodes on the way that I want to do specifically for Halloween. And not mainly like this, um, where I talk about a game itself, but talk about multiple games or specifically like my anniversary episodes. Uh, So expect a uh, formula similar to that. But anyway, thank you guys for listening so much. I really appreciate you guys. Um... Yeah, remember you can follow me on Instagram under Fighting Game History. And remember, the match is in your hands.